Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I've Never Had an Original Thought with me, Becky Lee. This week, I'm joined by my partner, Matthew, who I've been in a relationship with for three years now. Um, and we talk all about that. We talk about our opinions on polyamory, if we'll ever have an open relationship, um yeah and just loads of questions that we got asked which was really great so thank you for sending this in and the only other thing I have to say about this episode is that when I was editing it there were so many times where I was laughing at what Matt was saying um but the laugh was just so embarrassing that I have to cut it out so if he says something that you find funny and I just like okay so it's because I literally just had to save myself the embarrassment from you hearing um my laugh um because yeah it was embarrassing me anyway you don't care about that you want to know the goss so enjoy the episode and i'll speak to you at the end bye Welcome back to another episode of I've Never Had Original Thought. This week I'm joined by my partner of now three years, Matthew Young. Hi everyone. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm very good after that result we just had. Mm-hmm. Um, for context, we just watched Liverpool versus Southampton, 2-1 win. So the title race is still on. I know, so we'll be eagerly watching on Sunday, the day this comes out, to see if had to see what happens will Liverpool win the quadruple that is the question in everyone's mind what do you think I'm a believer yeah I don't think it would be I think it would be the triple I think we'll do a triple you think a yeah. triple not the triple okay. but a triple but I think the Premier League is I don't I can't see Man City losing against Aston Villa final game with a full squad like, do you know what I mean like, see Megan's just convinced that Steven Jarrett's going to bring it home for us my my one saving grace is Philip Coutinho. Yeah. And Danny Ings, two ex level players playing mm-hmm. for Aston Villa. Um, Philip Coutinho's still got that magic touch. Okay. In the game against Aston Villa the other week, he was very good against Liverpool. So we're hoping that he's going to pull through for us. He's going to score a banger. Okay. So for those that don't know you, which is probably a lot of people, um, since you're very private online, which we can go into in a bit, but. Why don't you give us a little intro to Matthew Young? Okay, so I just turned 23 last week. Um, was it last? No, it was like two weeks ago. Last? Oh, it was two weeks ago. I've, I lose track of time. <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, which means Becky Lee, the host of I've Never Had an Original Thought, 
is a cougar. <laughs> um, she's almost two years older than me. No, a year and a half. Uh, we'll, we'll call it two years. Um, <laughs> yeah, so right now I am career-wise working in data. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a tangent after doing physics and doing something very not businessy to, to go in straight into the industry. Yeah. Um, which I never thought I'd do, but here I am. Do you like it? We can get into that later, but yeah, I do. And yeah, big football fan. I've got a lot of other interests which won't interest any of the viewers on here because um, they're very like... Oh, well, that's a big assumption. Maybe. Tell them what you like anyway. Uh, a lot of things. I won't go into it. I won't go into bit it. Bit of chess. Uh, yeah, a bit of, a bit of everything, yeah. A bit of everything. Um, and I'm moving to London in two weeks' time, so... Watch out. That's the, that's the next... I think there are two things to know about my life right now. I've got my first job and moving to London. Exciting. So the first question that I ask everyone on the podcast, which you are not exempt from answering, is who or what is one person, idea, or maybe an experience or event that has changed the way you see the world? So I'm going to say something dead, sort of basic, something dead common. Um, moving to university. It's something I think a lot of people will say. But for me, it did change my outlook on life. Mm-hmm. I think before I moved to university, um, I thought I was independent, an independent person, just as I went around doing my daily life things. But you realise when you move out and you don't have your parents, how much they were doing for you. So by this, I just mean like, like I would cook very often, maybe once a week max. My parents would be cooking every, all my meals um, every other day and they'll be doing all like the wash well I did the washing up actually that's the one thing I did they'll do sorry all the they'll wash my clothes they'll clean the house they'll do like all the household chores and all the things which take up so much time like over the week Mm. and you have to be organized to do it and I think that was one of the biggest cold shocks when I moved to uni because I was like I'll be fine yeah I'll just do my own cooking do my own washing all that but it's just like it's it sounds so lame when I say it but I think moving away and also moving away with a different friend group as well because I've had the same friend group in Portsmouth for most of my life. Since like year seven, I've been part of the same friend group for what was like seven years from the whole of um, secondary school through college. And then suddenly I go to a place where I know no one. A lot of people when they moved to uni knew like one or two people from their old school and stuff, but I knew literally no one. It was just a massive culture shock moving somewhere where I didn't have anyone to rely on, anyone I knew very well. You know, I was doing everything for myself. So what changed? Like, what did it force you to do or, or become? Or what did you learn? To be more adventurous. Definitely in sort of social situations. Because the way I sort of met friends, um, like, during college and stuff, was obviously I would sit down next to them during my lessons. Or it would be people who would join our sort of friendship group. Obviously, I had, like, a few boys and all that in my friendship group. Um, you'd be people playing, like, sport and football and all that. But you all you'd meet them with other people, so I'd be with my friend in one of my A level classes, and I'd meet someone else. Mm. Or, and this was the first time I was going in like with no backups. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that sounds so that sounds so weird, but and also with like the whole doing things myself, it just hit. It sounds so lame, like being like, oh, I had to learn how to do the washing up and mm. do the. But like, I found myself like in the first month, I kind of. I was kind of good for the first two weeks. I cooked really good meals. And then it sort of started to drift when I had more, like... Because 
my mm. course is hard on the coursework straight away and like the homework and you know all the life comes at you fast then and then like i think it i i, I hit like a i wouldn't say a low that's the wrong word but i realized it when i cooked like pizza one night and then something oven the next night and then another pizza yeah yeah and i was like shit and then like, I was like, okay, right, I need to start, <laughs> need to start making an effort because it would just get on top of you, like the work and like you'd go out with your friends and not be going shopping. So then you just yeah. pop around the shop just for a quick, but yeah, it taught me to be more organized, to be more disciplined. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that was an experience felt by a lot of different people. Um, but I want to add another layer because I think in comparison to me, I think because I come across so enthusiastic and because I'm an extrovert, because you're literally, I mean, you are quite opposite. You're not an introvert, I'd say, but you're not an enthusiastic person unless it comes to something like very specific. And even then it's reserved for people that know you the closest. How did you, like, how is it being a bit of an introvert and having to make new friends? Yeah, I think this is a common mis- misconception some people mm. who don't really know me that well but know of me think yeah um i'm definitely not an introvert but i'm definitely not an extrovert yeah i think i just lie somewhere in the middle um but the lack of enthusiasm is a is a big thing i think people when they meet me i'm so just chill about stuff yeah i've had it before where i'll meet someone and i'll just be like so monotone I'll be like hey how are you like you doing good yeah, I'll yeah. To meet someone but a lot of people are like hey how are you nice to meet you but like I don't know I feel like I'm just too I'm too relaxed sometimes do you know what I mean mm. like I, sh- I need to be more excited about certain things yeah but that kind of works well for us because we balance each other out a bit true but like coming from me meeting people on my own without you yeah. like I don't I, I don't want to change how I meet people I don't want to change my enthusiasm because no, that's course. just who I am and that's yeah, I, just... I think it, it's interesting how it reflects on what people assume our dynamic is, though. Because, again, mm. if we're talking about misconceptions and also that tradi- traditional trope of, like, who wears the pants, which, I mean, we could... That's, that's a topic for another day. But people often say to me, like, oh, I know who wears the pants in that relationship. It's Becky because she's the loudest. And mm. that's, a, that's a common misconception that people have about us. Yeah, but I think I think that comes from people who don't know the relationship as well. But even my they, closest friends, I think. Yeah, think, but ha- how often have they seen us interacting in that sort of a neutral environment rather than... Well, they don't because what happens between us two is between us two. Yeah, no, but I feel like certain people see us interact in a neutral environment where, you know, like some, pe- some people in London who we're friends mm. with will see us interact in a neutral environment when it's not me going to your friends who you've known yeah, before. Yeah, yeah like six years but I think you're right some like people just assume that because you're the loudest and to them they see that you're sort of like an extrovert who then almost comes out and goes this is what I want blah blah and I'm more relaxed but I'm not relaxed when I'm with someone else so yeah I, do you know what I mean I'm talking to them and there's not it's not like an unequal power dynamic or anything no no I'd say it's pretty equal and sort of who wears the pants and yeah I'd say maybe even a bit I'd more say, your I, way I'd say, I'd say I wore a bit more than you did um <laughs> I think it's good because it fluctuates slightly. No one really wears them all the time. If we're using that analogy, we always we I wear the pants one day or one hour, and you're on the next. I, I, I wouldn't even say it's time periods. It's more just individual decisions. Mm. If we're out somewhere and it's like, where do you want to go? 
and there's two conflicting decisions. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the yeah. one person always gets their way. It's We just lean in at different periods for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to give people a bit more context um, because we did get a couple of questions. And the first question that everyone wanted to know um, was who asked who out? How did this How did this relationship begin? It's a very complicated story. <laughs> um, it does kind of span over two years, the actual... Because I, so I very embarrassingly... Yeah, let's, let's not go through the I'm not going to go through the whole story. Yeah. But I very embarrassingly shooted, shot my shot in first year. So I basically... Should I just give the key, the key events? Yeah, but I just did want to disclose that I did think you were cute when I first saw you. Yeah, we met in Freshers' Week. And you had a crush on someone else, that wasn't me. Um, I don't think I had a crush on someone else in Freshers' Week. Okay. Um, <laughs> we met very early on. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I obviously I found you attractive. Mm-mm. I liked you, but nothing got pursued or anything. And then we kind of saw each other and spoke to each other a few times at certain social events. And it wasn't t- until until second year where something actually happened. Yeah. Um, and then with the whole who asked who out, it's a very confusing story. It all happened on one night out. I'm not going to go into it because it could last 15 minutes of pure <laughs> talking about what happened, but. There was a bit of confusion about, I think Becky thought that I was asking her out mm-hmm. when I was none the wiser. Um, <laughs> so then she was like, okay, fuck it. And I was like, asked do me you want to go on a date? And I was yeah. thinking, he wants to ask me on a date. I'm asking for him. And all you heard was, do you want to go on a date? And you said, yeah. Yeah, why not? And the rest is history. The rest is history. Exactly. So what, we, what was your first impression and how has that changed? First impression, well, I mean, you, you touched on it earlier. Yeah. The enthusiasm. Yeah. Like, I came in, and it's, it's the first day. I'm not, I wasn't, like, dead nervous or anything, but I was a little bit. Yeah. I was a little bit nervous. So I come in, expecting to be like, how are you? And I'm like, uh, and then, like, what, what normally happens is I sort of, I meet someone, then I warm up to them over, like, the next half an hour, and I get more mm. chatty and sort of more relaxed. But you were straight away with, like, the deep questions. <laughs> it was, what was the first question you said? You asked I me don't know, I th- it probably was, like, tell me about your parents or like who which parent are you closer to or something ridiculously like yeah deep like that yeah like before even probably asking. not even first date appropriate well well what, what must you have thought were you thinking christ she is intense it it was quite a it was it was a change yeah because a lot of the a lot of my friends in uni weren't weren't like they weren't talking deep on the first few mm. so like it was a change of conversation because I hadn't had a deep deep talk with someone who I'd just met for a while. Yeah. So I already knew everything I knew about a lot of people. Yeah, Especially yeah. in second year, because like you moved into your second year house. I was spending a lot of time with people who I'd known for a year now, um, even in like sports clubs and in like actual flat. Um, so it was refreshing to meet a new person and then, then be very enthusiastic. So it was like, do you know what I mean? Change of flavor. And what... Has your opinion changed based on your first impressions? No, I think I think your I think your personality has stayed. Do you know what I mean like your who you are has stayed constant? Yeah. As in things have things have changed, obviously little things, but who you are as a person hasn't changed. So you are still the Becky Lee who I went on the first date with. And you're happy with that? Yeah. Good. Was that convincing? Um, another question I did get asked is because it was our three-year anniversary, people wanted to know how do you make it to three years? How do you keep the spark alive? First of all, I think if you're if you're there asking for advice, how do I make this relationship go to three years? Try your hardest. 
there's probably something wrong in the relationship. If you're like, I need to, it needs to last longer. I need tips to change myself directly to make this relationship work. The person you're dating probably isn't the one for you. Mm. I think with like, with changing, like what, what was the word you used? Keeping the spark alive. Yeah. I think there's a difference between keeping a relationship healthy versus keeping the spark alive. Okay. So what are the, what's the distinction? I think a healthy relationship is how you act towards a person, how you interact, the whole shebang. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, who you are as people, what you do, mm. how you feel, how you treat the other person. You definitely need good foundations. Good foundations, definitely. But, but they can be worked on. Oh, for sure. Like, we did... A, I think I did a lot of emotional work. I think you did too, actually. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting how much relationships can bring out, like, introspective questions... Mm. I learned so much about myself through this relationship. But, but carry on, so the difference between healthy and spark. But we're keeping the spark, like, you, you can be in a healthy relationship but have no spark. Do you know what I mean? You can that have sounds good... like a friendship, though. Almost, yeah. But yeah. I think spark is just doing things, it's making sure you put the effort. I think the effort is the big mm. spark giver. Mm. Because a lot of, I feel like a lot of couples who get long term sort of stop putting the effort in. Mm. And they stop trying to. Do you know what I mean just have fun with their partner and get so to know what, them more? So what what is the effort? Like what what do you think it's, contributes to that? It's 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 anything from spending time with them. Yeah. And I think quality time where you're not being like, oh let's go, let's go to the cinema. Yeah. Because I don't think I would. I, cinema's a good date. I enjoy yeah. going to cinema to watch a film, but you're not really spending time with the person because mm. you go in there and you're just watching a film. Mm. I feel like sort of, well what, what we tend to do is go to a bar phones down we're just talking yeah for sure i think putting the effort to ignore distraction and stuff like and spend time face to face yeah yeah definitely i think that's a big sort of spark giver when like your attention's on them Mm. and then i feel like people like i i can't say anything about like a lot of people say when you're in a relationship you let yourself go and stuff i don't think that's going to do the spark but it's more People, like, when they first start dating, they go on dates, they go into exciting places, they spend money on the other person, they're trying to show off. But then when it gets further down the relationship, they start losing those. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and, I mean, I'm speaking about what I think, who I am as a person. Yeah. But I'm not sort of someone who comes out and goes, oh, I'm going to spend that and do all this extravagant stuff. Mm. I feel like I'm, I put in a lot of effort, but I maintain that. I mean, you, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... I feel like I haven't, I don't really lack the effort. I've never lacked effort. No, I wouldn't say you have at all, actually. But then I wasn't one of the persons to show off in like our first date, so I wouldn't like. No. Do you know what I mean? I think I was yeah. who I was. Yeah. You've, uh, what, with what you were saying earlier about me being consistent, you've been very consistent. Um, But I agree, I think that effort thing and maintaining the spark can be difficult when your life's getting in the way, you know? For example, like Friday night, we always try to make a date night, but sometimes you're just tired. Or like yesterday was our anniversary and I was tired and you're like, no, it's our anniversary. Let's just go out. Let's just go out for one drink. Let's just get out the house and be together. And it made the world a difference. Yeah, and that's what I was touching on earlier. So yeah, I texted you and I was like, because I was working, I worked late. I yeah. meant to finish at five, but um, busy at work, so I finished at seven. And that, you know, it was an anniversary, so it was unfortunate, but it's one of those things that happens. And I was like, do you want to go out? Should we do something? And you're like, hmm. 
not sure, like, I'm a bit tired. And I was like, no, let's go out for one. Yeah. And I think it was just good to put attention to a person. Yeah, for sure. Just spend some quality time. And you enjoyed it, didn't you, though? Yeah, of course I did. Okay, I want to go into another one of my questions. And this is more about the way that you see the world or the way that you see relationships because this is what this episode is about it's about love and relationships from someone mm. I hope is in love <laughs> at this point you wish. <laughs> um but what about what's your opinion on open relationships because I remember it was Oof. something that when we were, we did long distance for quite some time yeah and it was something that I brought up to you as a potential thing mainly as a thought experiment but honestly if I was probably at the time it had been you know it, there was going to be weeks and weeks and weeks since I'd be able to see you um, and we had a conversation about it but where do you stand with open relationships and polyamory is that something that's on the cards for us I do remember you this conversation it was like peak it was like peak lockdown yeah um, so there's a part where I guess we hadn't seen each other for like two months and you were like come of all sorts I do but think it's interesting oh. to ask your partner these questions though sure but you just said it was a thought experiment so it wasn't really a serious yeah but even still like you want to be on the same page as that because what if I said hey we've been together for six years I really think I want to do this outside of our relationship but I really care for you I really love you and you went no that will never be on the cards for me that's a conversation we need to have yeah I think I think that be in an open relationship, you need to be very trusting of the other person. There has to be a lot of trust involved. Me personally, mm. I don't think I'd be ready for an open relationship right now. I'm not asking you. No, no. But, well, you asked me what my yeah, thoughts yeah, were yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, true. I was just saying, I don't think me as a person, I'm not ready for an open relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's off the cards for me, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to have a lot of trust of the other person. Um, it's just it's such a weird one it just depends because like some people are so for it and some mm. people are so against it mm. there's not many people in the middle like but I understand I understand sort of both sides a little I, I kind of I side with the non not having a open relationship so your side with I'm the quite monogamy. like monogamy yeah it's two in- people I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's interesting because I read Sarah Pascoe's book, Animals, which I recommend to people. Um, and she kind of explores the two arguments, but monogamy feels quite natural to humans because um, biologically, when you raise a child... It's really, really hard for someone to raise a child alone. You usually raise a child in a community or like as a couple. So you need help. So monogamy can be really helpful because people want to stick around for each other. And that's in order to be able to raise a child together. That's her argument in the book anyway. Um, But then other arguments for polyamory is that humans aren't naturally monogamous. Like way, way back in the day. We're talking like millions but how long have you yeah millions of years ago people just were in communities i mean even today communities around the world that are just not monogamous that you know sometimes people don't know who the child is in the community so the community raised it together um and people are just yeah they don't they don't have traditional relationships in in the way that we understand them well maybe it's just western society that's ingrained this thought in my head then but I'm all for monogamy. I just what, think what is it, just, it comes naturally. I, I don't want an open relationship. I don't want to date other women. I don't want you to date other men. Do you know what I mean? I just... Possessive. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just it just comes so naturally. Um, I, just, I could not imagine being polyamorous. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's where having really good friendships and other relationships in your life can be super handy because... Even though we're really good, you can't provide 100% of what I need. What do you mean? All the time. Well, as in, like, you know, you provide friendship, you you provide love. But if I was looking to you to fulfill every single one of my needs, at some point, I would be left not fulfilled. Oh, but you're saying you can find this in friendships? Yeah, in like ah, a whole, in okay. me having a community, because that's where people, you but know, not, could, but not But not polyamory in a relationship sense. No, no, no. I'm saying like that's one way that people are able to be so monogamous because they fill their lives with communities ah, where they don't have to have other romantic attachments because they're fulfilled by their friendships and their familial relationships and their, you know, chatting with their work colleagues. Sure, but that happened. Yeah, that, that's that's what we all experience now, though, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. We're fulfilled in the parts, like because there's a few there's things that you can't provide for me. <laughs> I know. And I get that through my friends or the people. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. Um, yeah. Do you think that we have ever been codependent? I think there might have been a stretch in lockdown where you definitely were. Do you reckon? When, just for context here, um, in third year uni, when obviously COVID happened and we weren't allowed back to um, 
This back, was back 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2020. We went and stayed in our in, well, in my third year house. Yeah. It was me, you and Aaron. Yeah. Um, my flatmate at the time. Um, and we just spent two months and it was just in the house. Yeah. It was only us three, but we spent more, obviously we spent more time together. Cause it, right? I think we must have spent almost every second of every day together. Yeah. And I think there's a point where you were codependent on me. Oh, really? What were the signs? Well, obviously, like, the definition is not being able to do anything without the other one. Yeah. I think the definition is something like that. Yeah, I think you're relying on them. You're relying on someone else for a certain aspect of your life. Yeah. Whether that be the social side, because codependency can be social. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of codependency you hear about is physical, where and someone emotional. can't cook for themselves or something. And emotion- yeah, mm. emotional, social. So if you're relying on someone, if you've only got... Yeah, if, you're, if your partner is the only person you're talking to in a whole week, you're going to be codependent on them socially. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I was like that? I think, I, think there was a, I think there was a stretch where you were, but I think you were quick to snap yourself out of it. Yeah. I think I remember when we first started dating, I kind of accidentally ended up moving into your house. And I remember having a meltdown because I was like, oh my God, I'm becoming codependent. Yeah, I remember this, yeah. Um, but it was good that I could recognise it and kind of, like, find a way to navigate out of it. I didn't do a very good job, though, did I? I, th- I think yours was yours was less a realisation, like a yeah. sat down, I'm becoming, like, join the dots and being, like, yeah. I'm codependent. Mm. It was more, I think you were, like, you were stressed and you are feeling the codependency just yeah. emotionally and you're, like, mm. you just fucking burst. Yeah, but not like that anymore. I think we both work on ourselves enough so that um we're, we're definitely not codependent yeah I, I i can't remember what the exact like quote or the exact saying is but it's like you have to be independent in your own lives in a relationship and then enjoy like enjoy each other rather than like oh, i can't remember that's gone but no you did it justice i completely you know agree I mean? you have to be you have to ha- have separate lives and then join in the middle yeah rather than be on the same track yeah you can't have the same life as your partner Carlos, definitely not I think that's another thing. If people were to ask how you have such a long-term relationship is by by having your own life. Definitely. Because I think our relationship forms a large part of my life and I'm very, very happy in it. But it's not my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't hmm. do everything with you. We have very separate... Yeah, exactly. We have very separate careers, very separate interests. But we have times that we share all of those things. We do different things socially you know yeah yeah we do i think that's good yeah because i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want a girlfriend and i wouldn't want to be the boyfriend who came along to every social event which was part of their you know yeah. I mean? part of their lives like, yeah, obviously yeah. i'll come along to a lot of them and enjoy yeah. them but i'm not coming along to you and your best friend's coffee date yeah i mean you're not invited to girls nights oh Guys, this is this is so sad. Yeah, but no, I think that's another important aspect. Okay, another question that we got asked is, um, what's been our biggest relationship struggles? What have we found the most difficult? Oh, easy. Long distance. Yeah. Um, I would say it affects you more, but it also affects me a lot. You're a lot less emotional about it. Like, you kind of deal with it on your own. Yes, I think that's yeah. Like I, I struggle with long distance, like with long distance, especially. I think for me, like two weeks is fine. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is where you struggle a bit more because like two weeks you're like, no, we want to like, you're like, ah, we want to see but you even now. just Yeah, but even just for like a couple of hours, like the, the inability that I can't just pop over and just spend the evening <sighs> with you. Annoys you. That's frustrating. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. I don't like that. Whereas yeah, you're completely no. chill with that. And I think that would frustrate me that you were so chilled. Well, no, I'm not. I think, I, I think two, like, I think like just with trial and error, two weeks is sort of like my, like, Two weeks is sort of my, my not breaking point. That's not there, but Your that's limits. when I start. Not limit, but it's when I start. Like, okay, now I just want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to spend some time with you. Yeah. But in lockdown, when we, I think we were apart for like three months. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Was it two months or three? I think we left uni in March, and we saw each other again in maybe May, the end of April. Was it? I was before March. It was dead. It was like the earliest date in March, and yeah. it was like really late April. So it was a whole two months. But remember, like that. we couldn't even go out. True. So it probably made it worse. But long distance being a struggle. Long distance. I think long distance is hard, especially for people who connect face to face. Because I think we both realise we're not people who can have a proper conversation over FaceTime. Well, we can. Oh, well, we can. But like, I don't think you emotionally connect. I, I no. definitely don't. Because I think I need to be there in person. Well, our love languages is also physical touch. So yeah. even just to be able to like hold your hand like means a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously now we go through since because I live in Portsmouth right now, mm. and you in London. We go through since. I won't see you for a week or two weeks. Yeah. But then when I move to London um, in two weeks' time, mm-hmm. less than two weeks' time now. That's going to be so interesting. But I, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. and I'm also looking forward to being close to you because I don't think like on like a random Monday night I get home from work mm. and I'll probably just want to get on and do my own thing do you know what I mean I've got other, like, mm. other interests and I'll probably be doing other stuff with my time so I think I think we're going to be really good at just selecting a couple of times a week where you know we'll go for a date night on a Friday or a Saturday and I'll see you one time in the weekdays but then just making myself busy because I know I've got a lot of things that I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, like sport wise and like these other activities wise and yeah, yeah. spend time with other people. So I'm looking forward to being close to you. Aside from the distance, what do we struggle with when we're together? I was going to say communication, but then I thought that we're actually very good at communicating. I think so as well. Because we prioritize it. I don't think, I don't think, I've never lied to you, probably to a fault. Mm. like I'm so honest with you but that that means there's no secrets and there never has been yeah but what do we struggle with there, there definitely is things we're not being uh... we're not the perfect couple all the time yeah I'm not trying to... I would say sometimes we're misaligned on moods yeah for sure and I say a lot of time a lot of time I'm in a I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here I mm-hmm. think I'm in a better mood more than you are yeah but more often than you are so and when I'm in a good mood and you're not in a good mood then you like sometimes you take it out on me well on um, different wavelengths but then when I'm in a, when I'm not in a good mood as well like for example when I'm ill mm. phew, forget about it like <laughs> I'm one of those people who even when they're a little bit ill or like I'm not like that ill but like it still affects but me but I just see that as I'll you being a drama queen I, I won't enjoy anything I'll just be like oh I can't like uh, you're making yeah. it sound like you're like a man got, flu person. What's the, I'm deaf. I'm a man flu person. <laughs> but it's not if like I feel like I'm good with I'm good with if it was a physical pain. Yeah. 
they're not bad yeah. it's a pain I'm like oh it's yeah. a pain to deal with it but when it's something which is so annoying like mm. just being ill but having like a headache or a fuzzy head or you know blocked nose I'm just like yeah I'm not in a good mood and then I guess sometimes I get frustrated at that yeah exactly so misaligned wavelengths and long distance yeah there are main struggles which is good because I think when you have the the most difficult part of the relationship down like communication like mm. intimacy for example mm. everything else tends to fall into place yeah is Agreed. it yeah. is it okay to ask how we keep the physical spark alive no that's nsfw <laughs> yeah i mean listen if people are going to watch it in parliament they might as well listen to it on my podcast fuck it let's do that <laughs> ask me ask me a question which isn't about love or isn't about a relationship i will i'll move on to the last question then okay what's that question what do you wish people spoke more about and what do you wish people spoke less about i wish people it's hard it's hard to find bragged less compared less brag and compare i feel like there's so much comparison now like especially mm. in like in this year in this mm. sort of age like the social media age and the mm. there's so much comparison it's like your salary is higher than mine I've got more friends than you. I've got more view. I've like, got more likes. Mm. Or my job is I work for a uh, what's more reputable yeah. company. It's just like so... I feel like I used to be caught up in that a bit. Mm. But it's just, so not, it's just so not needed. Like, just live your own life. Like, if you're living your life to, to get better than other people, to compare yourself to other people, you're in the wrong mindset. Mm. So I hate, I hate, like, I, I catch myself doing it sometimes as well. I'll do it subconsciously. And I hate when I do that. Like, that's it's one of the things, like, I turned my, I remember when I was, like, in year, year 12, 13, so college, and, um, or sixth form, I, I got into, like, well, I turned my snap map location on. Mm-hmm. And I'd always, like, t- when I went somewhere, I'd always turn it on. So it definitely, and I wouldn't go on Snapchat for, like, two hours after. I went, like, if I was... You know, if I was going somewhere, yeah, I would leave it mm. on. And I was like, oh, yeah, now people know that I was in London for the day or people know mm. that I was in this club because I was there like six hours ago. With a sh- and I was like, what am I doing? And it didn't last long. It might have lasted like two months, but I hate comparing and trying to show, show off as well. I said, show. I wish people would just do just, just do their make because you, you just drive yourself into a bad mindset when you're, comparing yourself to other people so that's what i want people to talk less about can i ask you a question based off of that Go on. is that why you decided to come off of like all social media it was definitely a factor mm-hmm. did you find it toxic like what was going on well I- i've never really had a presence online anyway no i never really upload but there was times where i think i made a like what do you call it a, a spam account on instagram oh yeah a second account that. just for like your close friends a few times because like oh other people are doing it I want to show what I'm doing I'm like mm. why don't you just show people what I'm doing mm. um, so that was one reason the other reason was just I didn't I, I was putting too much effort into it wasn't even effort I was just going through and wasting time looking at people's lives which I didn't care about mm. people who I knew in year 11 who I wasn't even friends with back then but they were I followed them on Instagram or I had them on Facebook and I was reading about them don't get me wrong, I like seeing people I know do well. Mm-hmm. I like people being happy. 
I like seeing that someone got that job or someone got married or something. But I was putting too much effort into yeah. reading that. And what do you wish people spoke more about? Enjoying themselves. I actually thought about this today. I remember when I was, I used to do scouts when I was younger and they once asked us a question and the question was, would you rather do something you love in your career or do something you're good at in your career? Mm. I think one person in the whole like group said that they want to do something they love. Oh, really? Everyone else was like, what they're good at. Because that's kind of what you're told. You're like, mm. you want to be good at something and then do that. But I've realised it's so, it's so important to enjoy what you're doing. So I wish people would talk more about what they like and spread that, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, be content yeah, yeah. in themselves. Because I think some people, and I'm, I'm not going to mention, like, I'm not going to mention any in particular, but some people feel guilty for doing, like, for example, at, at A-level, people would feel insecure doing certain A-level courses because they weren't academic enough. Yeah. And it's like, just do what you enjoy doing. I agree. Um, I think you're right. That sounded so good in my head when I was like thinking saying that because I knew what my thought structure was when yeah. I was saying those things but I bet when I listen to this on Sunday I'm going to be cringing and thinking that was said so bad I don't think so but I hope everyone got like the got the key points and could mm, it, it reminds me of like um I think it was another podcast that I listened to that was talking about how to find your dream career and mm. there's like a a triangle of on one point what you're good at on another point what you enjoy and another point like what the world needs and you're supposed to try and find the right path for you somewhere in between those three things now obviously some people lean into you know one more than the other Mm. but if you can account for those kind of three things supposed to be on the right career but I mean there's no one answer to anything but in case anyone's a bit lost that might be a bit helpful yeah cool um do you have any anything you want to tell the listeners I don't think there's any way that would people want to reach out to you could they find you or no they can't reach out to me yeah if you're I I mean no one's going to be interested because we just talked about our relationship if you really need me you'll find him on chess.com you, you can find me on chess.com or you can just ask Becky message her but I don't <laughs> have much of an online presence so okay I have one final question mm. and I know that you're resentful about talking about love and relationships because you're such a multifaceted person and you're so much more interesting than your relationship and we know this mm. and I'm not even being sarcastic I mean that but mm. you are a great partner Hence why I've stayed with you for three years. You bring a lot to the table. So what's your relationship advice? If you could sum up what people need to smash their relationship or what should people look for if they're single and they want love? What's going to be healthy and good for them? I think my my advice of what worked for me is be patient. And that and by no means that means like don't don't look for mediocre love interest like do you know what I mean just like a lot of people like to go on dates and stuff and enjoy themselves and be romantic or have sexual partners and you know sneaky links and all that I don't know um actually no not sneaky links (laughs) (laughs) maybe you've got sneaky links (laughs) um or like people that they're just interested in do you know what I mean just having some situationships situationships they're fine but I don't rush 
don't rush. Yeah. Just be patient. Like, I feel like people like to rush into relationships. Like, oh, I like this person and I'm this age. I should, I should be in a relationship. Ignoring all the red flags. Ignoring red flags. Just be patient and wait for, wait for when you want to be in a relationship. Don't try and force it. No forcing. Be patient. No rush. Be yourself. Definitely. Oh, that's a big one. Be yourself. Communicate. Don't lie. Well, I think communication and that comes in when you're in yeah, a relationship. Yeah. But being yourself, yeah. Don't rush. Be patient. Just. That is that is all then. So thank you for coming on my podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy coming on. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to you. That's one with you. Um, but. Obviously, I've listened to your previous podcasts and they all have a theme. So people talk about something they're interested in or what they're doing for work or their business. But with me, I have I have a lot of interests which I don't think which belong in a podcast for that interest. Yeah. So, for example, I listen to a few football podcasts and I could probably give my... I've got a lot of opinions to give about that, but I doubt anyone wants to hear just 40 minutes of me talk about my football opinions. I'm sure... Some people would. Just probably not the people that... Like, people aren't tuning into my podcast to have your Liverpool Premier League hot takes. Exactly. I, th- I think that's why I was a hard guess, because I didn't have a specific topic I came with. Yeah. That's reserved for when I get invited to a, to a better podcast. Okay, well, thank you so much. <laughs> you just got up and left. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you liked it, please rate it five stars, because it really helps me out share it with a friend, tell everyone it's your all-time favourite podcast, make a TikTok about it, do whatever you like to support me. Um, Maybe that's a bit extreme. Just having you listen is a privilege enough, so thank you. And yeah, I will speak to you next week for another episode. All right, have a lovely week. Speak then. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.